Are you a burnt out overachiever buried in responsibilities? Do you miss laughing with your friends, just laughing from the gut? Do you feel like life's passing you by? If you've been wishing for some kind of shift, you're in the right place. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, the show where we take you off the hamster wheel by ditching your to-do list for the to-don't list. This is where you get to learn how to make that lonely ache vanish, learn self-compassion techniques, and to give yourself grace. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul, so you can learn from my experience and the mentors and experts I meet along the way. And today we're talking to spiritual coach, manifester, and author Valerie Inez. Are you ready to level up your intuitive gifts and improve your way of thinking? Align with your personal power and soul's calling? You know you're meant for something greater in this lifetime, and Valerie's here right now helping you learn how to tap into the most incredible part of you. The steps to take for you to manifest and climb into your vision. Learn how to shift your perceptions and find your inner light, magic, and divine power. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Valerie. Thank you. I appreciate that. What a beautiful intro. Yeah, I'm so excited <laughs> to talk to you again. You Thanks. were here with your co-author and I saw you have another book out now too. So congratulations on that. You've been doing such amazing work. Okay. In researching you, and maybe you told me this last time we talked, you used to work in a law firm. I did. Or worked in law. Like that's just so incredible to me. <laughs> what led you to be on this spiritual path and this journey and doing shadow work, which we are going to talk about what that even is, but like what gave you that shift? I think so. I remember late 2019, I was having a really hard time in my marriage and I felt just lost. I felt like there was something missing in my life and I didn't know what it was. And I remember I wrote a letter to God and I'm like, look, this is not the life that I want to live. I, I don't like anything about my life. I just feel like everything is just crumbling all around me and I need something to shift or I'm going to check out because I don't want to be here anymore. And shortly after I wrote that letter, I ended up having a spiritual awakening and it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks where I just kind of woke up to the idea that what I see isn't not necessarily real. Not everything that we see outside of us is what we think it is, what we perceive it to be. And then all of a sudden, I I remember I got on TikTok and kind of fell into the hole of spiritual talk, which I don't even know how I stumbled onto that. I think everything just kind of aligned so beautifully. And after I had my spiritual awakening, I really started diving into the idea of who I wasn't because I feel like I was carrying so much conditioning and programming based on what I was raised with, based on what I knew. And so I never really questioned why I thought the way I did or why I had beliefs the way that I did. And when I had children, they really kind of, they helped me become aware of why I was reacting the way I was. I remember like, when I would get angry, my kids would be like, why are you so up? Like, why are you so angry? What's the matter? And I'd be like, I don't know why. And then I remember when they told me that one question, why are you so angry? I don't know. Why am I so angry? And that kind of like led me into doing shadow work and really investigating my unconscious mind. And then it just like spiraled into everything. Okay, so shadow work, just let's just go back. Like what is shadow work? So shadow work is basically just a process of uncovering what is unconscious. That's why they call it shadow work. So it's diving into your limiting beliefs. It's diving into your patterns and your triggers and the things that we really don't, we're not very conscious and aware of. It's just a part of who we are. So for example, so many women struggle with the idea of not being good enough. 
just feel like we're just not good enough. And we were just talking about this earlier, you know, you are enough, period. Like I just told myself that yesterday, I'm enough because I exist. Simply because I'm here, I'm good enough. But we have this inherent, I guess, collective wound, if you want to call it that, of not being good enough. And then if you really dive deep, why don't I feel like I'm good enough? Who told me that? Why do I believe that now? And really just getting curious and questioning that kind of belief is just shadow work. So it's just diving into the depths of your unconscious mind. I feel like self-worth is something that we deal with forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this work for so long mm-hmm. and my head, I had three different episodes of imposter syndrome or self-worth, whatever you want to call it. And I did a reframe though. This is where I see my growth. I was like, if I have three different episodes of it in three different areas in a matter of a week, I must be on the verge of such greatness. That was my reframe. Because I'm like, what? And at least I can recognize it also. Mm -hmm. That's the advantage of doing the work, the noticing and so on. So, but go ahead. Yeah, I believe, I feel like, and I... I talk to so many women who have the same belief of just not being good enough. I feel like I'm, and they don't say unworthy. It's just, I don't feel good enough. And when we go into that, that really leads to you being, having like a fear of being seen, having a fear of being judged, a fear of being heard, feeling like your the vision and the desire that you have for your life. Why even bother? Because there's no way I'm going to get there because I'm not good enough to even reach that goal or I'm not good enough to, you know, have a loving relationship or whatever it is. There are so many layers to that one question. Why don't you feel good enough? And what I do with my clients is we kind of go into a meditation where I'll take them into their subconscious mind, which is basically just doing a little bit of like relaxation and just talking to your body. I don't think that people have the understanding that if you just took time to pause throughout your day and just ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? Your body will be like, this is why girl, I need you to pay attention to this. (laughs) It really is just that level of awareness. And that's what I do with my clients. I'll be like, okay, so let's locate the wound of not being good enough. Where is it in your body? Okay. Now let's talk to it. Why is it there? And there's so many times where it's an instance in your childhood where you were kind of made to feel like you weren't good enough, or maybe you were told to your opinion doesn't matter, or this is the way that you're supposed to behave. You know, if you kind of go into that layer of not being good enough, you'll be able to discover where it came from and detach from that belief so that when it comes up again, you will remember, oh, I actually am good enough. Or I know that I'm feeling this way because I was conditioned to believe this way. Aren't there journaling prompts that also, because everybody, everybody cannot, mm-hmm. you can't work with every yeah. single person to do right. this. So aren't there certain journaling prompts, or maybe I'll have you come into the Facebook group and, and we'll do a group thing. But for right now, oh, I would love that. Um, yeah. yeah, I know that would be so amazing. So um, we'll do that. But for right now, I know that you have prompts or things mm-hmm. that people can do, or can you just write at the top of the page? Why am I feeling like this? And just free write. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So for example, let's say that you want something or you want to say something or you want to pursue something and you feel like that resistance kind of, you know, you'll feel it in your body. You kind of feel like a little bit tense or, you know, your throat will close or you'll have this limiting belief that will come up, you know, that'll say like, why bother? You know, that's never going to happen. Those self-deprecating thoughts that come in. Well, ask yourself, why? Why am I thinking like that? When was the first time I believed that? That's really powerful in itself. When was the first time that I believed that insert limiting belief? What if you can't remember? I mean, I would really encourage you to just explore when it does come up and ask yourself, how can I move through this? Or why do I feel like I can't achieve that thing? 
you know, but it's not necessarily about remembering the root of everything. Cause I don't, I don't want people to feel like, okay, something happened in my childhood and I don't want to revisit that. You don't have to at all. If you just get curious with your way of thinking and begin to ask yourself, why, why don't I feel that way? A lot of things will come up for you, but I think many times we don't even want, we, we take the belief and either we accept it or we ignore it and push it away. But if you just get curious and start asking yourself, why, why not? Okay, why not me? Okay. So exactly. Why not me? I mean, that's mm-hmm. my, I love the, why not yeah. me? So let's go back to here you are. You said you had a spiritual awakening. What did that, what did that look like for you? So the spiritual awakening for me was I ended up, I guess I'll, I'll go into this. So I ended up going on spiritual talk and this is when I had already been like meditating for a while. I had been. So so we'll go back because here you are, you write this letter to God. You're like, you're Mm -hmm. just depressed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you wanted to end things. You didn't know what was going on. Were you already meditating? Why did you start meditating? Like, how did you start meditating? So I started meditating when I was pregnant with my middle son. So I started meditating back. He was born. So you were already meditating. 2015. So in 2014. So in 2014, I dabbled into meditation and I only did it because I was going to have a natural birth. And I felt like that would really help me shift my focus into concentrating and being being able to own my body, right? And, and the idea that I could have a natural birth. Side note, it did work. I did have a natural birth. But after that, like I didn't really, I wasn't meditating very frequently, but it was something that I kind of like kind of dabbled into. And so when I had my spiritual awakening again, it really just felt like all of a sudden I woke up from a deep sleep, like the fog had lifted and there was something here that I was meant to investigate. And then when I got on TikTok, I started diving into the rabbit hole of spiritual talk, like, you know, meeting your spirit guides and, and meditating and, you know, cleansing and all the things. And then I remember I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to start meditating again. Cause I feel like that really helped me center myself so that I wouldn't be so emotional and upset when I was trying to raise my children because they don't deserve that, right? Like they deserve the best mother that I could be. And so I started like dabbling into meditation. And then I ended up finding, which I don't recommend anybody do this. I ended up finding the CIA hemi-sync tapes, which are basically what the CIA uses in order to, I want to say, regulate your both sides of your brain, the hemispheres in your brain. And I ended up finding that, which led me to have a crown chakra opening. So it's like a kundalini awakening, but backwards. So it was like coming in this way. And then all this- for anybody who's listening and not watching, it's she's scarring in from her crown chakra at the top of her head, above her yeah. head, and going downward. Go ahead. And so basically a crown chakra opening is just awakening your consciousness and your connection to source, God, universe, you know, whatever you want to call it. And for me, it kind of felt like it kind of felt like there was like tingles in my brain or like, I don't know, like waves coming in. And I didn't know what was happening. And then all of a sudden I like was starting to like go into crystal shops. And I ended up meeting this lady who owned her own crystal shop here in town. And I talked to her and she's like, oh yeah, I do Reiki. And I was, she was like, you should come in one day. And she's like a former geologist, retired geologist who ended up opening her own crystal shop. Like, how cool is that? And she did a, a Reiki session on me. And then I remember she just told me, she's like the vision. She didn't know anything about my story. She's like, the visions that you're having are real. Cause I, at that moment, I started to have a lot of visions in my meditation. She was like, you are here to heal people. You are here to help. She was like, you need to do that. And I remember at that moment, even just talking about it, it makes me really emotional because she validated so much and she didn't I, even I know. Yeah, I, love, I love that. I love these stories. She didn't yeah, know. And then all of a sudden, like I just started to really explore meditation and explore my intuitive gifts. 
I feel like it just it just catapulted into from me feeling like I was completely lost to me being like, okay, let me explore this feeling a little bit deeper and me working on healing the doing a lot of shadow work and a lot of inner child healing and just doing so many healing aspects. And then me exploring my gifts, me learning that I could actually channel. I have so many intuitive gifts that I suppressed that I had as a child. And it kind of catapulted into there to where I was doing readings for people, figured out like everything that I was experienced was actually real because they were validating it. And so now that's what I'm doing now is showing people how to use their intuitive gifts, which is just a natural part of you. Right, right. right. And and so for people listening, how can they tap into their own intuitive gifts? Because everyone has them. It's and and in different ways, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's different ways to tap in. There's different ways, and I'm all about the pause. So I've been mm-hmm. really like taking that breath and slowing down. Um, even if you have kids, to the ability to laugh. Like yes. I, I feel like we've we're losing the ability to just get together with girlfriends and laugh, or mm-hmm. to get on the floor with your kids and and play, and because the busyness, it's and I'm I understand. I'm not judging. It sounds mm-hmm. judgy. I do not mean to be, but taking that pause, putting your hand on your chest, and giving yourself that grace, and it's in that that you can tap into your intuitive abilities. Yes. So how do you teach people to know? what their intuitive abilities are. And again, everyone can't see you individually. So for people listening, how can they do that? It's so funny that you say that because that's exactly what I tell my clients is I say, do you take time to stop and check in with yourself, which is just you pausing, putting your hand on your heart, the other one on your tummy and just saying, okay, what do I need right now? Just taking some, what do I need right now? And maybe it's like, can you just take a minute to just sit down for five seconds, right? Stop running around. Or maybe like uh, you need to go outside because you're starting to get a little bit depressed and you need to go get some sunshine. Small things like that are really helpful. But the way that I teach my clients is really to just tap into your body, just closing your eyes, going in and starting to explore your own energy, your own magic that lives within you that is just waiting to be unfolded. I do it a a lot differently. So it's kind of hard for me to explain, but I'm going to do my best. So first, let me step back. So intuitive gifts are basically your just connection to the energy around you. It is your awareness to your intuition, for lack of a better word. We all have intuition, just like you have that immediately gut feeling about somebody, right? You just, you just have this like visceral reaction in your body. Maybe you meet somebody and then you have like, you pick up the vibe of that person, things like that, or your body's clues. That's clairsentient, the ability to feel energy. We all have this ability. We've all met somebody that I'm just like, you're like, no, this person is not for me. Or, oh my God, yes, I love this person, right? That's the easiest one to tap into. The other one is claircognizance, which I feel like so many people have this. It's just the clear knowing. You just know something about somebody. You just know how a movie is going to end. You just know the outcome of something. You just know without any logical reasoning. Again, so many women have this. The other one is clear audience, the ability to hear energy, which is like if you're talking to yourself out loud and then you have feedback in your thoughts or outside of you, that's very supportive and kind and gentle. That's the ability to hear guidance. And the other one is clairvoyance, which we all know, which is just the ability to see either through your mind or outside of you. You have visions. Um, you can see light symbols, colors in your meditations, things like that. We all have these gifts. 
Okay. And those are the top four clairs. So the way that I teach my clients, did you want to ask a question? Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to ask a question. I was going to put it into like practical terms. Like mm-hmm. when you walk in a house and you know, this is the house for me. Yes. Or you walk into a party and you're like, the energy here is so bad and I need to leave. Yes. Or when my kids were little, mm-hmm. we have a co-word and we still laugh about it because they're in college now, but one graduated. But we had a code word, no questions asked. If anybody had a sense that there was somebody bad or scary or they, you know, we had a code word and we leave immediately. Like, Love that. Even if a server, like we're eating someplace and there's a server that's creepy or somebody and mm-hmm. we leave immediately. No mm-hmm. questions asked. And we had our code word and it was a piece of fruit that like, anyway, it was like, let's go. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you know, when there's bad energy from somebody, even as a little kid, especially little kids. Yes. So that's like, Yeah. Yeah. And I'll give you like a real tangible example on intuition and gifts. I was at a birthday party with my daughter and it was a bowling birthday party and all the kids were crowded next to each other. And I just had this knowing I needed to pull her back away from the crowd. I didn't know why it was just a knowing. So I pulled her back immediately after pulling her back. The kid that was standing in front of her dropped his bowling ball right where she was standing. So it would have gone on her foot right? It's just a knowing that you just follow the instinct rather than questioning it. And so if you feel like you are a little bit intuitive, I would really encourage you to one, start trusting yourself Absolutely. Um, to, and explore that because we all have the gifts, either if regardless of your gender, you it's there, right? And I think it's oh, so yeah. much easier for women because we just like have this, like, int- it's the divine feminine. It's the feminine energy of the knowing, the surrender, right? The flow, creative energy that is your intuition. And now when somebody has a life and they, they're just dream about it, like, oh, that's, you know, everybody else is doing it. There's no room for me. And mm-hmm. all that negative self-talk that isn't true at all, by the way, because nobody can do it the way you can do it. You, everybody has exactly. their own imprint. Yes. But what would you tell somebody when they're having those kinds of thoughts? I would really encourage you to say, why not me? If you could see somebody else do it, why not you? Aren't there like 7 billion people on this planet who are all so unique and different in their own way? If you could see somebody doing what you want to be doing, why not you too? There's room for everybody. And those kind of thoughts are are lack. Like there's not enough room. But what what if that person can do it and you can do it too? Both can be true. Absolutely. It's an expansive universe. Whatever we focus on grows. So mm-hmm. focusing on the positive for sure. So how do you help people get rid of their limiting beliefs? Just by looking at where it originates? Is that? Mm-hmm. So what I do with my clients is, again, we just go into like a, a relaxation state. So basically, if you like before you go to bed, you know how sometimes you're just so wired, you can't go to bed. I teach my kids how to do this too. It's basically, I'm out. <laughs> I, I find like sometimes if I've had too much coffee that day, like I'm just like, you know, there's so yeah. much. Going on. If you just lay down and you take your awareness and you scan each body part. So like, let's say, you know, you, you scan your forehead and you say, I invite my forehead to relax. I invite my face to relax. I invite my, the muscles in my neck to relax. And you just do that step-by-step with all the little body parts in your body, the little body parts, all the body parts in your body. And you just allow yourself to relax. 
when you regulate your nervous system, which is that's all you're doing, you can tap into your intuition and tap into your limiting beliefs. So for example, if you're, if you're struggling with the idea of, you know, not being good enough, you would go in your body after you're relaxed body. Can you please show me where I feel like I'm not good enough? Where is that located for me? And then your awareness is going to be drawn to a certain location in your body. Like, let's say, for example, it's your solar plexus area, right? Which is just where your tummy, where your confidence lies is what that is. And then you would go to your solar plexus and you would talk to your solar plexus. Okay. Why do I feel like I'm not good enough here? What is ready to come up for me that I need to know, right? If you your body is like literally this map of information that will tell you, I don't feel good enough because this thing, right? I don't feel good enough because I'm really bored and I can't be creative anymore. You know, whatever it is, there's, it'll come up for you if you just allow your awareness to just dive into there. And so I feel like when people have that aha moment, it kind of clicks something in them. Okay. That makes so much sense. And then if you just allow yourself to release that belief, which we, I do it through energy work, which is just you basically visualizing the energy of that belief coming out, that in itself is so incredibly powerful. And everybody can do this. It's not like, oh, only I am, I can do this, you know, and you have to come to me to work with me. I'm telling you step-by-step step on what we do because I don't do this for my clients. I walk them through it and have them do it to themselves. So I don't ever do any healing on people. I allow them to be guided in order to know how to do this on their own. So when they have another belief coming up, they can say, okay, I'm having this belief come up. Let's, let's explore this. Let's, let's figure this out. That's all I do is it's through energy work, through identifying the belief where it's located, talking to your body, releasing and letting it go. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's perfect. I love that. So you were in this dark place. Um, you ended up getting divorced, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. And how did you slowly get out of the dark place? So I did the CIA Hemi Sync tapes in 2020, like during the pandemic, right? When we were okay. all in lockdown. Okay. And yeah. it really helped me kind of manage the traumatic event that we were going through. And so I ended up leaving my ex-husband in 2021, late 2021. And I basically started all over. It was I no longer want to be tied to somebody who I feel is not on my team. It was not a very supportive, nurturing, loving environment. So it was either I stay in this or I can just start all over and not have that, right? So I chose to leave. And honestly, it was the most difficult thing I've ever done because it really was a testament to what I would allow in my life because we were together for 14 years. So it took me that long to decide to leave or not to decide to have the courage to leave. So when I left, I really just kept doing a lot of inner work, really addressing my limiting beliefs and really diving into my gifts. And so what happened to me is I ended up moving in with my parents. You know, I'm 40 years old, moved in with my parents because I had no job. Um, I ended up leaving my corporate job long before I left the marriage, but I really just took time to dive into my gifts because with somebody with four, no, 12 years of legal experience as a paralegal, you know, I've got, I've got a long history of experience. Nobody would hire me in the legal field. Wow. 
oh, I like I was applying and applying and rejection after rejection. And I was even applying for jobs that, you know, I didn't even want. Rejection is God's protection. You were not supposed to be there, clearly. Okay. And I couldn't, could not. And I came from a fortune, you know, 500 company and, you know, I had tons of experience. And and everybody needed paralegal. So yeah, that is really interesting. Nobody would hire me. And I just remember being like, oh. Okay, so if I can't go work for somebody, I'm just going to work on my gifts. I'm just going to explore trusting myself, explore my gifts. And me doing that led me to go on to a a retreat in Costa Rica where I met Latha Mm -hmm. and meeting my soul family and having one of the psychic mediums there validate my gifts again. She was like, girl, you're, you're doing it. You know what you're doing. I had visions there of what I was supposed to be doing, which was me helping people connect with their gifts. Um, And at the time when I would see the visions, I was actually shown the mentorship program that I have now. I remember seeing it and I was, I remember thinking, what? There's no way I could do that. Not me. I'm not good enough to do that. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I just remember being so floored with that vision. And it took me like eight months to solidify that vision into physical reality where I opened the mentorship program And I remember I ended up like sharing my story on TikTok and it like blew up and I had like a hundred applications like overnight. It was just, it was just so wild where I was just like, okay, well, here's my program. Like, if you want to come learn what I learned, here you go. And it was just, it was so beautiful because if I would have gotten the job, right. If I wasn't rejected, I probably wouldn't have spent so much time learning how to trust myself and learning how to own who I am and helping other people do the same. And I would have never been in the position where I am today, where I'm teaching, you know, I've worked with over 150 women at this point on how to connect with their intuition. And if you would have told me this two years ago, there was no way I would have believed you. No way. But I just kept following my intuition. I kept following the visions that I was having, the the intuitive pools that I was having, the connection that I had with my guides. They were like, you need to go this way and here you go. And I feel like we don't really realize that every step that we take is really leading us to the next step and the next step. And it doesn't make sense until maybe you're at the end or not the end, because there really is no end. But if you yeah. just are a different point and you can kind of see a different perspective. So you for just me, keep going, you keep going. I want to say 52 weeks of hope slash just keep going. Just you keep got going. this. You got this. Just keep going. Just keep taking one foot in front of another. Like I yeah. want to somehow say, like, just keep going. Don't stop. Just keep going. No, you know, and I'm, so many people's messages are, they're getting messages from other, like people are like, I've never talked about this. And, and uh, Trevor Turnbull, his message was, he had a message in his sleep from somebody who, who he's like, and the message was just keep going. Yeah. And I was like, that's my message. I get, I've had messages from like my silent retreat, which like my first time doing that. And by the fifth day, I'm like, I'm seeing dead people. And my message <laughs> was just keep going. I was like, I, I've had that one before. <laughs> and yeah, like, it's yeah. just so amazing. If you just right? keep following those intuitive hits that you're having exactly. and you trust that, okay, this is leading. I have no idea where I'm going, but I'm just going to trust it. Is it easy? No. Sometimes, you know how many times I cried in my bed, like wishing I could just get a job. Like, can someone just hire me? But if again, it would have yeah. not worked out the way that it worked out now. If, if it did, like it just, it, it makes sometimes, so much sense. Sometimes it's like, okay, God, I need you to be a little blatant. Maybe I'm not going <laughs> to message, but it's like, you know, and then I'm like ducking, like I'm going to get hit by lightning or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. like what? No, it's not that. I love that. 
Do you have a message of hope you want to give? Although I feel like this has all been a message of hope, but yeah. (laughs) I want to tell everybody to trust yourself to trust and own who you are because that will get you way farther than pretending to be somebody that you're not. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yay. What's the hardest challenge you've gone through and how did you get through it in your life? The hardest challenge I've gone through, going through a divorce. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was the worst thing. It was, it was not fun whatsoever. And it was really it helped me maintain boundaries of what I would and would not allow in my life. And I'm so, I'm so happy to be on the other side because I am divorced now, you know, I'm done. And it, I feel this deep sense of peace within myself that was there all along, but I just couldn't quite access it because I didn't have the environment that I needed. And now that I'm in a different environment and there's different people around me, I feel so much better. So I, if I could do it again, I would definitely go through a divorce again. I would go through everything I've ever been through just to get to this point because it's so worth it. Yeah. Hindsight's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I got I had my most growth through all the hardest things. Oh, yes. But boy, it sucks going through it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so great talking to you. We'll definitely go live and we'll definitely do a healing in the Facebook yes. and uh, let everyone tap into that. I would love so, that. Yay. Thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Valerie's messages of self-honesty, trust, trust in the process, and grace. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week for another empowering episode all about how you can live authentically, abundantly, and how to simply feel better. Be sure to share this episode with your friends and to rate and review the podcast so more people feel less alone in the overwhelm and to remember the pause. Answers emerge in the pause, and instead of adding to your to-do list, how about a to-don't list? And next week also, that episode, we're exploring exactly how loneliness, friendship, and self-worth all tie in these days, and how you can manifest exactly what you want in your life in a conscious way, and maybe even create community along the way. It's a great episode, you're gonna love it. This is a show for burnt out overachieving type Ayers. Unlike other shows for burnt out overachievers, only we take you off the hamster wheel by ditching your to-do list for the to-don't list. Until next week, I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.